LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. And Derek, you know, you're like a couple of seconds late there. I, I forgot who I was. <laughs> I forgot it's who I a, was. It's been a long day. We've been uh, recording a few videos today as well. And yeah, those 41 years are catching up with you. Yeah, they are. You know, I'm on so many podcasts though, Scott. Uh, <laughs> so important. I just can't keep track. Yeah. Well, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push. We're excited to be part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We joined the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network uh, because we're on the same page. We want to serve the church in her mission of making disciples by providing and promoting podcasts that help grow believers and the local church. And you've pressed play on episode 28, Grow Your Own Church Planter. Now, I'll often say to people when I'm talking about planting, if you can plant a church, you should. Well, it's a little bit of a hyperbole and there are a number of caveats around that, but church planting is one of the most effective strategies for evangelism. So I'm not ashamed to push a little bit harder than I would if I was inviting people to be the dungeon master for my next round of d and <laughs> I can't believe... Okay, Derek wrote that line, or maybe Mark did. <laughs> and you said it. And I said it. Uh, uh, just for the listeners out there, I don't play D&D. <laughs> so, so what we're going to chat about today is how to grow your own church planner. That is what you want to be on the lookout for potential church planners and the kind of things you want to nurture in those you think might be able to church plant. And I'm excited to have Derek uh, thinking into this. Yeah. Well, look, to be honest, this is a topic that, uh, you know, just as much about, probably more than me. Uh, but the fact that I've just been, one of the things we've been doing this morning is is putting together a course, thinking through these particular issues to help churches and individuals think through what it looks like uh, to think through, could they plant a church? Yeah. So Derek, you've said what I should say, but you mentioned some caveats. <laughs> what are the caveats? <laughs> They're things you have between entree and uh, main dinner. Uh, look, uh, look, here are the caveats. Because often I do say that to people, you know, if you, if you can plant a church, you should. The caveats are these. You know, if you don't have character, if you do not have biblical character, then nothing else matters. That's, the ca- that's a big caveat to put around it. Now, even more important than helping potential church planners think through whether they're gifted or not, the first thing you're looking for is, is exploring with them whether they have biblical character for, for Christian leadership. So these personal virtues, these behaviours, these, uh, these, uh, they affect everything. Patience, kindness, humility, faithfulness. They, they are the things through which everything else gets pushed in the funnel. And so if you're a gifted leader, people will follow you. But if your character is deeply flawed, you will damage those you lead and your church and the witness of the gospel. You can teach people competencies, but character is much harder and much slower. And I want to thank Rhett Harris uh, for uh, pushing on that. He often talks about that same point in teams. It's exactly the same for church planners. So, so if you've got the character, should you plant? Uh, if you've got the character, should you plant? Well, again, I want to say yes, probably, but no. Not, look, not everyone has the wiring, do they? It's, it's, church planning is not more important than other roles, uh, but there are specific giftings and ways that planners are wired, just there are in other roles, like kids ministers, youth ministers, people who are two ICs, people who lead existing churches, people who go into revitalised churches. All these, there's specific giftings, uh, and you know, not everyone is wired for every one of those things. 
But I do want to say when it comes to planting, we often have a, a kind of one-dimensional picture of what a church planter looks mm. like in mm. our head. Uh, but not all church planters are the same. So, we so that's have... like the high D person, you know, the, they can they can take the hill and, and do whatever. They've got high capacity. Absolutely. Yep, that's exactly what it Preach is. Preach to thousands. Preach to thousands, that's right. And, you know, there used to be that whole thing. They were all hipsters, you know, with the tight pants and the nice, manic- nice manicured beard. And I said this morning, you know, evangelising hundreds of churches into existence with one latte at a time. It's that kind of, you know, there's a, a one model we often have. And people think if I don't fit that, then I'm not a church planner. But I want to say, no, no, there's lots of different models. Like not that. There's some really unhelpful things about that stereotype. But even with Very the unhelpful giftings. Things. There Very are. unhelpful things. That's right. But even with the giftings, if you go into a, if you're a multi-site planter or a mother-daughter church planter from a large church and you get a large launch size, your gifts may actually need to be less around networking, more around organisation and mobilisation, still high-capacity leader, but, you know, some of the early growth barriers have already been pushed through. So you may not need those skills when you first plant. Hmm. So, look, I just think you've got to think through, uh, you, you've got to work out and, how you fit. And equally, you know, if, if, if risk, you know, is a, is a big problem for you, then, you know, the mother-daughter church plant where you've been sent out with people and resources is probably a better, is probably a better fit for you Absolutely. as well. Yeah. But, but we do need people who parachute plant as well. Yep. We do need people who, who really love, you know, towns of 10,000 people. Yes. Uh, that's not me. I love the city. I love medium density. So it's important to know, you know, know who you are as well. Yeah. Now, what about motivation? Because I think that's a really, that's a really hard one uh, for a church planner often to understand and know of themselves. And it's a really hard one for someone else to assess, you know, from the, you know, from the outside. Yeah. How, you know, what would you say to a young church planner about their motivations? Yeah, the motivation, your heart is a really hard one, isn't it? Because there's always mixed motivations in doing it. Um, I would say if you are just looking to, if you're just discontent with your church and you just want to start something new to show that things can be done better, you shouldn't plan a church. You just shouldn't do it. Uh, if your heart is for the lost and you are discontent, if there's a holy discontent that the existing structures you're in aren't reaching the people you see need to be reached, I say, yes, absolutely. That is a motivation there, the heart for the loss. But if you're just discontent with what's happening, no, don't go plant a church. You know, go start a small business. Go do something else where, you know, it might be good and helpful, but you're not actually going to do damage to people by leading them down a track where it's actually just about you and trying to prove something. So. Now, Derek, that's really helpful. We're going to give you a bit of a break and uh, we're going to open up the toolbox. Uh, here's my top three must-have resources for thinking into, uh, you know, how you might uh, grow your own church planter. Well, well, the first is a resource we use in all our assessments. Uh, it's the Church Planter Competency Assessment. Uh, it's an Australian-based uh, researched tool, very helpful for understanding what you're looking for. There are 35 competencies uh, that uh, have been, as I said, researched from Australian church planters from all over uh, all over the place. Really helpful to sort of thinking through, okay, what are, what are we looking for? Um, I think uh, the, the second thing that I want to point to is, is just stories of church plant, uh, church planting and church planters. I think one of the most helpful ways that you can, you know, get another church planter excited uh, about church planting in your church is to actually give them stories, you know, uh, send them along to, you know, a Multiply conference, uh, throw them onto the Geneva Push website and get them here, you know, church planters, talking about the experience of planning a church. They can't help but get uh, get excited. Mm. I think the third thing is is a, an exercise that I reckon every church planter 
or potential church planner you know needs to do and that's start a new thing so if you're looking to grow your own church planner in church i would encourage you to get them to start something new give them ownership of uh, you know starting a new simply christianity course or uh, you know starting a new outreach ministry let them recruit the team let them plan you know implement it execute it and then evaluate it that's a real helpful way to see someone uh, you know start something new and see how they go mm. alrighty uh, we're going to come back uh, to our second conversation block with Derek uh, can you tell us uh, a lot of people don't really know you know what are they looking for a lot of people have you know as we've said the the, the wrong perception of of a church planner what what are the characteristics that you should be looking for yeah uh, I'll, I'll mention four it's just not definitive list it's just a list I think is helpful and when I'm talking to people this is kind of things I'll be talking to them about the first one is this church planners are evangelistically driven and they're optimistic there is as I mentioned before this holy discontent with church planners that they they see the people who don't have the gospel who need to hear the gospel and they want to go out and do something about that there is often a frustration with them that they're not being reached uh, and they they do have a confidence as well that God works through the gospel and that God can work through them, flawed as they may be. So they're evangelistically driven and optimistic. Now, I reckon that's a hard one sometimes because it's hard. It ha- it's hard as a leader not to feel, you know, judged and rebuked when you know a young bloke comes and says, "Hey, we're just not being evangelistic enough." Yeah. How, you know, how do you deal with that as you know, as a leader in the church? How do you how do you push back against that as well as encourage it? Yeah, I don't think you should push back against that. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think you should. I think you've got to because uh, reality is there are always. Uh, always other areas to evangelize aren't there i can't think of a situation where i would think no we have saturated the market on evangelism um so then maybe let me ask it how do you guide them you know so they don't blow themselves up or yeah uh, they don't impact other ministries that are going well in the church yeah look there is obviously a wisdom that they need to grow in and to work out how to channel that discontent uh, and they need to realize as well there are boundaries which we often butt up against in trying to do things and reach people that we need to work out how to overcome but I think what you said before is really helpful. You give them something that they can do. You, you you assist them and guide them into an area where they can explore and they can express some of these things. Run simply at Christianity courses. You know, how would you reach that pub? How would you reach that group? Start them on the journey of thinking what it is they would need to do in order to reach that group and set them free. Now, that's only the first thing. What's, what's the second thing? Okay, second thing. Church planners have a track record, I reckon, of starting things, executing plans. So as you're looking around your church, you, you're looking at people who keep putting their, their hands up. Like you just said, people who are saying, I don't think that's working. I reckon we can do better. Um, they're the people who, the, the church planners, they're popping their heads up there. So you want people to look at the things they've done or look at the things they want to do and see whether they just keep coming up with ideas and never follow through. And you need to help them with that, work out how they can execute that stuff. But church planners are people who not only come up with ideas, they don't dream the big dream, they see that dream moved into reality as well. They're the people who, that's a big characteristic of church planners, they see things happen. And and if it's not a skill, as you said, you can develop them in that area as well. You can actually you know, help shape them you know, in thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You've, in fact, you've got an excellent course on managing growth projects. It's really good. I didn't want to blow my own trumpet, Derek. I'll blow. It thank up. you for blowing it for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, what's the third? Ca- the what's thing. the third characteristic? Uh, look, often church planners are, are really good at gathering people and casting vision, and so they they will be the people tend towards. They've got the big ideas. Uh, they've got the outrageous thoughts. Um, so you, you've heard. You, you know, might have heard it said, you know, if you want to know if you're a leader or not, you turn around and see if people are following you. Well, church planners are wired like that. 
So often people, they will be the people who you think, oh, that the people gravitate towards them or when they go and do something, they can take people with them and they might often have more ideas than are possible to implement. But they cast the big dream and they they work towards seeing it become reality. They work, they call people to do it together as well. So, yep. And and finally, what's the final characteristic? Last one. Uh, church planners work really well, or at least they manage better the tension around ambiguity and uncertainty. Uh, and so there is absolutely nothing certain about church planning. In fact, what's it? What, you tell me. What's the stat for church planning? Well, church planning high, is high risk. There's only forty five percent of church plants that survive. Yeah. So I've been saying church plants are a lot like rabbits. There are lots of them. They grow fast, but they also die pretty quick. And illegal in Queensland. Illegal in Queensland. Well, you can't keep a rabbit as a pet in Queensland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at that. The things you learn from Queenslanders. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so forty-five percent fail. In fact, in Geneva push that rates much like we've you know we've raised back because we want to support people structures around. So there are things you can do to to reduce risk and increase certainty. But in the early days of church planning, there are so many things you're juggling. You're trying to put structures in place, relationships, people you're trying to connect with, and you have no history to fall back on necessarily. Uh, and so people who can handle the ambiguity and the uncertainty and the stress that comes out of that, who can change plans, pivot quickly, grab on opportunities, you know, they are the people often who will um, make good church planners as they navigate. That. As I say to a lot of church planners, you want to plan in pencil, mm. uh, which is still planned because a lot of people don't do any planning, but have it in pencil so that, you know, you can rub it out because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, that's been uh, really helpful to sort of press into this. I really think this is a really critical uh, area. And I think the most important part of this is actually, you know, grow your own church planner. Yeah. There's, there's not enough churches that are intentionally thinking about how they might raise up the next generation of gospel workers, let alone uh, church planners. Uh, we we've got a lot of work to do, uh, so I think this is a critical one thing. You know, what what is the one thing that you would encourage uh, church leaders, uh, you know, senior leadership teams to be thinking about uh, in terms of growing their own church plan? Can I do one thing to church leaders and one thing to people in churches? That'd be two things, but I'm happy. Okay, yep. the first one is this: you need to actively work at identifying people who can plant churches. You need to actively do that, encourage people in that. Um, the the thing to the people within church, I'd say, if you think you can plan a church, you should try and plan a church. Obviously, with all the caveats I've said, but there is a massive need for the gospel in Australia. Church plants reach people who are lost more effectively, and we need more of them. We need more. So there's my long one thing. Sorry. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard today, then jump back. Uh, look back over some old episodes. I'm sure there's something that you'll be able to find helpful in your ministry. Well, as you know, we're part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And one of the podcasts in our group is Ask Me Anything, Honest Questions and Quick Answers. Co-hosts uh, JD Greer and Todd Unziker are going to provide you with honest answers to some of your toughest questions. And in each episode, you're going to hear the theological, ethical or leadership question answered by Pastor JD Greer. So whether you're attending, serving or leading in the church, this podcast is for you. And we'd love you to jump onto uh, the Geneva Facebook page as well. Ask a question. We always want to uh, you know, interact with you, our listeners, and hear from you. So leave a comment and importantly, leave a question. We want to be uh, serving you out there in the listening world. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up next time, we're going to be, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of episodes. We've got so many planned. So tune in. 
Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. Live from Stanwell Tops. Live from Stanwell Tops. Well, live then, recorded then, sent out to you. It'll be live at the time. It'll be live at the time. It'll be live at the time. I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.